0: And what's up, guys? How you doing? Happy New Year. How's it going? Hope you're doing great at your homes. If you're still traveling and being with family right now, tell them I said, hey, my name's Chris. I'm the pastor here at Venture Church, and I'm just pumped to celebrate a new year with you guys today. And I would love to get into this morning's teaching. Can you believe it? we made it out of 2020. <laughs> I was thinking about like, what was 2020 like for me? And a little bit, it felt like, okay, this is an old reference. So it felt a little bit like the end of The Wizard of Oz uh, when like, like Dorothy's in her room and she's just going through like this bizarre psychedelic trip and she's in Oz and there's munchkins and there's emerald castles and there's all this weird crust stuff going on. And like, she's in her room at the end of the movie and that's all over. And she's just like, did that really just happen? (laughs) Like, that's how I feel 2020 was for me. And maybe it felt that way a little bit for you. Uh, You know, normally this time of year, new year, uh, we are planning forward. You know, we talk a lot about New Year's resolutions and we're planning our calendar and we're planning our budgets and we're doing a lot of planning. And and that's really good. It's good for us to do that. I think it's great to have the goals for self-improvement and other things to, to build us up. But today, I want to do something a little different than I've done ever before the first Sunday of a year, and that is instead of looking forward, I actually want to look back. Yeah, back there in that place, that crazy place called 2020, because as we tip the rearview mirror and we see what we left behind, I think there's some really important lessons that we can learn. Now, 2020, when you think of it uh, right off the bat, you probably remember a lot of things like, like, do you remember this? Do you remember the toilet paper shortage? That was bizarre, wasn't that? I was like, wait, we're out of what? Like of all the things we could be like running out of and people are getting in fights over. I've heard that people were in like knife fights over toilet paper. I'm like, okay, share, you should share. Like remember that? Or or remember the endless Zoom calls? Some of you are like, uh, yeah, I'm watching church online right now. I, I still remember the endless Zoom calls. Zoom fatigue became a thing that people started talking about. You remember the cancellation of nearly everything you enjoyed doing you remember that? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you remember the lost jobs? Yeah, some of you are still living in that. The hard economy? There were some even darker spots. Remember the, the mass chaos and, the, and the, the rioting and the fear and the pain surrounding systemic racism and the voice that we uh, tried to, to help you know, minority groups have. And remember the crazy presidential election? Like as I look back through history, they're all pretty crazy, but I feel like 2020 gets a special gold like star for that because that was, that was crazy, and all the things I just laid laid down and, and remind. If you look in the rearview mirror, like all of those came with some amount of uh, some fear, some anxiety, some pain, some confusion. So maybe you saw the Christmas ornament that was pretty popular over Christmas a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a lot of people were making them. It was dumpster fire. 2020. Did you see the dumpster fire? 2020 is a logo. Do I, have, I got I got one right here for you? Dumpster fire. 2020, it became funny. In fact, I shared something on my Facebook page a few weeks before Christmas. It was uh, someone actually made an hour-long dumpster fire Yule log. It was fantastic. Like, if you didn't watch it, go back, find my Facebook page, go watch it. Like, there's a dumpster, it's on fire, and all throughout the hour, he does stuff like throw in toilet paper rolls, and like he threw in a bunch of like sourdough bread, like stuff that would like epitomize 2020. Uh, But here's the thing. It is easy to look back in the rear view and think of what so many people have called a dumpster fire of a year and agree, but I had the privilege of having my perspective changed a few weeks ago. Hopefully by now you've received an end of year letter from our church. Uh, In fact, if you haven't, we're we're gonna post one in the comments here and you can check that out and you can read it as a PDF, but a lot of you hopefully got it in the mail. And so I was tasked with like, let's write a letter to the church. What do we even say? And so what I decided was like, let's celebrate. Let's try to put a, a bow on this thing and call 2020 done. And I started, I thought I'd make a list of a few celebrations. And the first few minutes were difficult. Like, okay, there's one and there's another one. But then something happened, like something broke open inside of me and I started seeing blessings. Blessings on top of blessings, on top of blessings, on top of blessings. And the list got longer and longer and longer. So long, in fact, that I had to pare it down so that it would fit on on the letter that we wanted to send. Uh, I hope that for you, you can look back on 2020 and see some blessings. I don't know who first said this phrase. I tried to look it up. You can let me know if you know, but a lot of people, a lot of famous wise people were credited with this sentence. I learned it from my high school, sorry, my middle school history teacher, Coach Franks. If you ever see this video, I want to tell you, I love you, man. You you changed my life, Coach Franks. He was my history teacher uh, in middle school. And he said this phrase, if you don't know your past, you're doomed to repeat it. History is important. And knowing what's behind us is almost as important, sometimes more important than what we think might be ahead of us. And so for good or for bad, there are lessons to be learned from 2020. So here's what I want to do today. Um, I want to treat this morning just like a little workshop, okay? And I went back and after seeing that long list of things and the blessings, I realized there were a lot of lessons that I personally learned from 2020. So in the time we've got today, I want to outline what I have taken away as my four lessons from 2020. Okay. Four lessons from 2020. So grab a pen, grab a Bible, get a piece of paper. You're going to want this. And I hope that by the end of this, maybe you can do this exercise on your own and find some lessons for yourself. And so I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. So grab your Bible. We're going to be in a couple different places. The first lesson from 2020 that I learned is one that I also see in Psalm chapter 51 grab your bible look up the book of psalm chapter 51 here we find king david and king david is in a season of his life where he has actually lived a dumpster fire of a life he's been uh, in a place where he's been running from god living in some overt sin and he's coming out of that and he's like i gotta do better and he wants to repent he wants to turn his heart back to god so this is what he says in psalm 51 starting at verse 1 he says have mercy on me O god According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He goes on for 12 verses with this cleanse me, wash me language. But in verse 10, he says this, and this has become, I think, my favorite prayer from the Bible. One that I've said uh, dozens of times, I think. He says this, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Okay, what lesson from 2020 could possibly run parallel with Psalm 51 and King David? Uh, Here it is. And I think it's probably the number one takeaway. The number one takeaway from 2020 is this. Wash your hands. That's it. Wash your hands. Your hands. I thought we knew how to wash our hands before 2020. We were wrong. We were so wrong. We're killing each other. Not washing our hands. I thought it was just like, wash, dry. No, no, you got to sing songs while you wash your hands. And then that wasn't good enough. We had to get uh, the the hand sanitizer. And we're talking like nuclear grade, alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Like this stuff will take the skin off your hands, make all your food taste like a swimming pool, okay? But it was important. It was important. And we were made aware of the spread of germs like our lives depended on it. Because for some people it did. Germs were a big deal. And what I want to gain from that lesson from 2020, the wash your hands thing, is, is that God has that same goal for us. Not physically washing our hands, though, that's a good idea. He does talk about that some in the Bible. One of God's biggest goals for us is that we be cleansed from sin. In Scripture, it's called repentance. For decades, Popular culture has simply normalized behaviors that separate us from God's holiness. I mean, uh, crass language, prom- promiscuous out-of-marriage sexuality and sensuality, materialism, selfishness, racism, hate, g- a general disregard from, for God's word in our life. Like These are things that popular culture pushes on us and says, if you don't get on board with this stuff, you're not cool. You're not in the in crowd. And we buy that. But sin is a virus, more deadly than the world has seen any other virus. It infects us. It spreads to those around us. It incubates in the secret corners and nooks of our mind, and it festers, and it grows, and it comes out in unpredictable yet inevitable ways. That's what sin does in our life. And over and over in the Bible, in God's word, God's prophets, his teachers, his apostles, even Jesus Christ himself, beg mankind, repent, turn your heart back to God, cleanse yourself from this unrighteousness, this wickedness, and get on board with God's plan for your life. Spiritually speaking, wash your hands. I can't think of a a clearer picture of of what this can like, look like with my eyes, then the picture in Christian baptism. And baptism is possibly the most relatable act that we can look at and see like what does it look to cleanse ourselves? Now we're reminded in 1 Peter 3:21. It says, this water symbolizes baptism, which now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from your body, but the pledge of a clean conscience towards God it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ but there is a cleansing that has to happen in us through Jesus and we meet Jesus in the waters of Christian baptism we also meet him uh, in our (laughs) prayer time all the time we meet him when we're on our knees like David saying cleanse my heart O God don't go far from me come near to me Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says don't you know that all of us who have been baptized with Christ Jesus were baptized into his death We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that that life comes from from being cleansed from our sin. Purity and righteousness are not valued in our world. They're not. They're seen as old-fashioned. They're seen as arrogant. They're seen as pretentious traits. But God values purity. I mean, he really does so much that he provided a way for us to become clean. There's so many passages from scripture I could read to show us this, but I love this one from Galatians chapter one, starting at verse three, the apostle Paul said, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ about Jesus who gave himself up for our sin to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. 2020 has altered the way that we look at cleanliness, washing of our hands. And I hope that the time we spent understanding what it meant to wash our hands and keeping viruses away from people and all the wearing masks and social distancing, I hope that all of those lessons can teach us something about what it means to be in proximity to sin, and to be actively seeking the cleansing that comes through Jesus. And that we'll wash ourselves with him daily in his word. That we'll seek Jesus' presence. And we'll seek his, seek his kingdom and his righteousness. That's lesson one. Wash your hands. See how that works? That's pretty fun. All right. Got a couple more. I got three more. And uh, the second lesson I learned from 2020 was this. I'll just give it to you. Slow down. Let me try it again. Slow down. I wonder how many events were canceled in 2020. Millions? I think, I feel like I was personally responsible for canceling like 500,000 events. Just me, just me. And so if you cancel 500,000 and I cancel 500,000, that's gotta add up to a lot of canceled things. Uh, Among the church leaders that I work with and hang out with, we started using a phrase that maybe you used in, in your line of work too. But we started to say we're living in a cancel culture. It's like whatever and anything that would cause me to cancel something, sweet. I'm going to stay home tonight and we're canceling everything. And let me, let me be honest, as we've done that for almost a year now, it's pretty frustrating. It's pretty annoying, isn't it? Like everything's canceled and there's nothing to do. And I, I mean, no NCAA tournament last year. The, NCAA, the NBA gets moved to the bubble in Florida. What's that? We've got no concerts, no t-ball games, no dance recitals. Weddings become virtual. You can't go visit grandma in the nursing home. Like, are we over this yet? But all that canceling wasn't all bad. Because as I look back over 2020, I can be like, ah, dumpster fire. I also realize, man, I spent a lot of time with my family. I spent more time at home with my wife and kids than I've spent in any other calendar year. Granted, because like, I was duck at home, and there was nowhere else to go, and for months, I worked exclusively from my house. You might remember that, I don't know when this was, 115 years ago, like it was like April or something. Uh, I built a film studio, a little video studio in my shed, and to, so we could record sermons and have them. Like we, I was home, okay, and you probably were too for a really long time, but it wasn't all bad. In fact, it was really good, and in that time period, something amazing happened. Uh, I started walking every day. Simple thing. I, there was a day where I was like, I'm not going to let this beat me. What can I do? I'm going to grab it by the horns and I'm going for a walk. And my wife was like, okay, you go for a walk. And I'm like, I'm, I'll be back, you know? And I started walking and I'm listening to nature and I started listening to the, the Bible. I started listening to some Christian podcasts and I started walking. And there was a point back in the spring where I was walking over 10 miles a week. Now, some of you guys who are like marathon walkers, good for you, but I don't walk. Like I'm not a walker. And so like I'm walking so much. And I, there were days where I was like, did I hit four miles today? I should do something different. I'm making my phone calls while I'm walking. I'm studying things, listening to things while I'm walking. I'm scheduling meetings that I have while I'm walking. And in that process, I learned to slow down. You know, my family spent more time together. We played more board games, read more books, watched more movies, we hung out. We did so many projects at my house last year. Uh, I remodeled two bathrooms. And I need to clarify, we only have two bathrooms, okay? So I remodeled both of our bathrooms. <laughs> And we, we, we filthy rich, you know. And we, we, we re-roofed our house. Uh, we, I rebuilt the shed that I had the film thing set up in. We, we rebuilt the entire shed. What's funny is I built it around the filming stuff that so much so that you guys at home never knew. But there was like one week there was literally no floor underneath me. I had a piece of plywood across some floor joists. It was just my little secret, little Easter egg. Um, but like we did so much at home and it was great. And, and we spent less money because we didn't eat out as much because nothing was open. And we didn't go anywhere because there was nowhere to go. So we didn't spend as much gas money. We slowed down and and it was beautiful. And I was reminded of one of God's biggest principles for our life. That principle is rest, rest. Did you know that uh, in the 10 commandments, one of them is about rest. Like up there was like, don't murder and don't steal. God's like, make sure you rest. I'm serious. This is in Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse eight. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son or daughter or your male or female servant or your animals or any foreigner residing in your town. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, all that is in the sea, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Sabbath, the word literally means to cease a, cease, a cessation, a stopping. And it's intended to be so much more than just a good nap on Sunday or like Chick-fil-A's clothes. He's, oh no, can't get waffle fries. Like it's so much more than that. It's about interrupting your normal daily routine, interrupting it like abruptly and saying, God, I don't have to save the world today. I'm gonna lay it. You be in charge. I trust you. I trust you with my time. I trust you with my finances. I trust you that you've given me enough. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way because we're behind on our bills. We're behind on our schedule. We've got all these things piled up, but God says, no, I want you to take a day and just trust me and rest and Sabbath. The idea here is that rest is worship. You have permission to take a nap this afternoon and praise God while you do it. Not laziness. We're not talking about laziness. We're talking about trusting God that it's going to be okay. I can let my body heal. And in this process, we get to enjoy the things we work so hard for. And more importantly, enjoy creation that God gave us. I have a confession though. As things started opening back up, you know what was the first thing to go for me? Rest. We're not wired to slow down. Our culture is pushing us to fill every single spare second with something. Social media is the worst for that. You got, I mean, all right, guilt time, all of us. If you can't go to the bathroom without checking social media, it's time to unplug. I've been guilty of that so many times. So it's going to be something we have to fight for in 2021. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next teaching series that we start next week is one called uh, The Rhythms of a Disciple. And one of those weeks is gonna be about Sabbath rest. And so you can learn about how to apply that to your life and it's gonna be exciting. But that's the second lesson, slow down. Wash your hands and slow down. You can do this. We're learning a lot today, guys. Third lesson, (laughs) excuse me. Third lesson is this. It's better to give. It's better to give. Now that's a simple lesson. You probably have heard that since you were two years old, but let me just kind of lay that out for you a little bit from a different perspective. All right, a lot of you might not know this, but I have spent the last nine years as a fundraiser for Venture Church. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not something I want to like, I don't feel like I need special treatment for it. It's been kind of my, my job, but I moved here as a missionary to our city eight years ago, and I wanted to be able to do that full time. I wanted to be able to devote my life to serving people, spending time with people, helping people, building up a church, empowering others. And so like any organization, we needed funds for that to happen. So I raised funds, money for my own livelihood. I raised funds so that we could have a staff that could come alongside us and help us work. We raised funds so we could have operations for what we were doing, uh, renting facilities and having equipment and uh, supporting other ministries in town that we love to support. Now I gotta say, we have come a long way since nine years ago when I first started that. Uh, And I'll celebrate this, back in 2002, so rewind like, um, I can't do the math, a whole year ago, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, things had gotten really good for us financially as a church. And we celebrated it that year. I think the number was like 75%. We were 75% self-supported just by our local tithes and offerings. And that is huge for a baby church. And we were so excited and we celebrated all that. And we're like, God is good. And so some of the outside support that was coming in, we we were able to tell those groups like, hey, we're doing good here. We're we're, going to take care of it on our own. This church, this baby church is almost up on our own feet and everything. But then March happened. And we stopped meeting in person on Sundays at the YMCA. And a lot of the stuff that we were doing as normal started to fade away. And so um, we assumed as a church, our leadership, our elders, our finance team, and our staff, we were like, you know what, finances are going to be tight. So we prepared for that, like all of you did. Businesses are closing down, jobs are getting lost. We're like, we're going we're gonna to tighten up, we're going to make sure. But I love our leadership, our elders and our finance team specifically. Uh, several years ago, we adopted a motto. And this is one of our mottos. we got a lot of mottos at our church, shine light in dark places, hashtag kids matter. Like we got a lot of mottos. One of them is this, that we want to be hilariously generous, hilariously generous. There's a really great story that goes behind that. I won't even get into it today. Maybe I'll tell you it later. But uh, so, so several years ago, while we were still a very young church plan and we were still receiving support from outside to do what we do, we decided, hey, let's start giving away one offering every year but let's make it the biggest offering we could possibly make it. So I think it was Easter Sunday or something like that. And we just told our church family, we're like, hey guys, give it all because we're giving it all away. And and we did. And it was the biggest offering we'd ever taken in our life. And we gave it all away to a, a younger church plant up in Jacksonville. And it was like, wow. And that's where we started to learn. It's better to give. And then we said the next year, let's do it again. And the next year, I think it was that third year. We're like, let's do it twice. So we gave away two offerings. And every time we're like, we want this to be the biggest offering we collect. And we want to give it all away. Because we want to be hilariously generous. That people look at that going like, seriously? Now, here's the thing. In the business world, that does not work. Okay? To say, hey, you're not making enough money to do your operations and you're going to give more away? Why would you do that? But God's math doesn't work like the business world does. No, he says, test me. Be generous and I'll take care of you. So 2020 started. COVID hit. And we're looking at the numbers going, well, things might get tight. But our leadership said, well, if things get tight, they're going to be tight for everybody. We need to make sure we're taking care of our people and people who need help. So that Easter, this past Easter, instead of giving that fund away to a church plant, which we want to take care of later, we said, let's start a COVID-19 fund with that money. And then every week after that, we said, let's encourage people to give to that fund, blow it up. Give, give, give so that our elders could be generous to any need that comes up. And we knew that if we did that, there was a good chance that people would would give to that fund. People are generous in general, but they might not be able to give to like our general fund to support our operations. And we said, you know what, that that might happen, but that's that's a risk that we're willing to take because it's better to give. And in 2020, you guys showed up. Guys, I don't know if you know this, if you read the letter that I sent a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe you've seen it already, but guys, we collected close to $15,000 in the COVID-19 fund. And our elders were able to distribute funds to pay for people's rents, people's medical bills, uh, to, to, to put gas in people's cars, put groceries in their ca- cabinets. We built a, a, a wheelchair ramp for a family that needed one. So many different things. We bridged the gap for people who were between jobs. And we gave away over $10,000 of that money to people for free. You need it, let us know, we wanna help you. And I gotta tell you, I felt like Santa Claus. I, I felt like Ellen or Oprah, like that. And cause they're just people calling me cause I, I'm like, you know, the person you see on screen, like, hey Chris, I got a friend or it's me personally. And I'm like, hey, yeah, let me send an email. Boop, 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 boop. Because I know it's gonna get taken care of. For a baby church, you like, we haven't even been able to pay our own bills. To be able to just give it away like that, oh, Oh, the feeling of joy that that has been able to bring. But here's the craziest part of the story, guys. Like, that's cool, right? That's really cool. Can we agree that that's cool? But here's the craziest part of the story. While you guys are being generous to the point that we gave away more money last year than we've ever given away in our history, you also did not slow down with your tithes and offerings to support the ministry of our church. In fact, while we gave away more money this past year than we've ever given away in the past, we also were able to pay all of our bills and have a surplus. Did you hear what I just said? In 2020, Venture Church, for the first time in our history, was 100% financially self-sufficient. And one of the hardest years that we've ever seen. And not only that, when we had money left over, you should have been at that finance team meeting, we were like, what do we do with the extra? <laughs> we've never had extra. <laughs> we said we give it away. Let's be hilariously generous. We were able uh, to be generous above and beyond the COVID-19 fund. We were able to help Vigilant Hope with a large end-of-year gift. They help homeless people and people living in poverty in the downtown area. We were able to uh, help uh, Roanoke Christian Camp with a large end-of-year gift. We were able to help three younger church plants with end-of-year gifts that they were not soliciting for. They just didn't know it was coming. They called me later and were like, what? Thank you. It's better to give and check this out. Another thing we started at the very beginning of our church was we decided no matter what comes into our local offerings, we want to give away 10% of it as a principle of tithe into kingdom work. So we've done that since day one. In addition to the COVID-19 funds, in addition to the surplus, guys, you guys also were able to give away because of 10% of our local offerings being given over $17,000 to new church plants. That's how we supported our 10% ministry, uh, missions money last year. One of the organizations, Stadia, that, they were one of the organizations that helped get us started. Stadia planted over 400 churches last year. You got to be part of that. It's better to give. Malachi 3, verse 10. This is a verse from the Old Testament where God, God is challenging us to be generous and just see what happens. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. You can't outgive God, He's got the whole storehouse. It's better to give. If Venture Church were to run out of money today, To where we couldn't do what we do. You know, those of us who are on staff couldn't do what we do in the same way. We weren't able to afford the space that we rent. Um, We we worked really hard to keep it open. We would do our best, and we talked to our church family. But if it came to a point where we just like we can't do this anymore, here's the thing: that's what happens. Uh, Every organism has a life cycle, including the local church. Churches are born and they die, and we want to do that in a healthy way as well. But if we go down, and I've said this to all of our leaders, and we all believe it, that if we go down, we're going to go down being generous. It is so easy for us to sit at home in our little castles with our nickels, pennies, dimes, and George Washington dollar bills in our hands and we're gripping them so tight that our knuckles are white and we're doing it all just to serve ourselves. But if we would just open our hands and let God take our meager offerings, it is amazing how he can multiply that in his kingdom. It's better to give. That's lesson three for me. Wash your hands. Slow down. It's better to give. This last one, Um, this is one we talk about every single week at Venture Church. And it's it's kind of just, uh, I want to do it as a form of a recap of the total 2020 for our church family. But here's here's the lesson. The lesson is this, no matter how dark it gets, the light is always brighter. No matter how dark it gets, the light is always brighter. If you ever uh, someone just uh, turn on their phone in, in a dark room, you're just like, oh man, so bright. Or have you ever had a small candle and you've been in a dark room? You can see everything that you need to see. John chapter one, verse five says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. That's about Jesus, by the way. No matter how dark it gets, the light is always brighter. 2020 has had some dark moments, uh, But let's not be too quick to call it a full-fledged dumpster fire. Because even in those darkness, even in those dark moments, God's light has shined through. I shared a few of the things that that I've seen from a financial standpoint. But what I want to do as we close out is just read a list to you. Hopefully you've seen the the letter. And again, you can can get the PDF if you want to see it. But uh, I want to read an excerpt from our end of year letter where I just began to list some of the things that I saw in our little tiny church family of how God's light shined in what was otherwise objectively a pretty dark year. When we went to online services, it was ominous. We didn't know how we were going to do that. Like we'd never done that before. But you know that by the end of 2020, our online Sunday service took place and had taken place in, in four different iterations, like ways that we did it, and from six different locations People were generous and let us use their space. Each week we introduced new faces to the screen because we wanted to make sure that we were getting our our church family seen and people felt connected. In the last 12 months, this is another digital thing, a blessing from what happened. In the last 12 months, we have a podcast, you know, and we just put our sermon up there. We've been doing it for years. And I just went and looked at some analytics from from just the other day, just to kind of prepare for this. Did you know that we had over 3,200 downloads from our sermon podcast? Users in 41 states, over 30 countries worldwide. Our little community right here is making a difference in somebody's life somewhere. On our Christmas service on December 20th, somebody commented that they were watching from India. Did you see that? That was bonkers. We also did some things for our kids. We introduced the kids uh, video every week and I love what Bethel and Brent and and Dixie and some others have done for kids videos because we want our kids to know that hashtag kids matter. Let me celebrate some things that happened with our kids this year. Do you remember back in May on May 10th, Mother's Day, we had baby celebration Sunday? We had four babies that we celebrated. What's more happy and light bringing than babies in our life? And since that day, two more babies were born. You guys are killing it. Just having babies all over the place. Uh, we, uh, we recognized three college students and two high school students graduating back in May around that same time period. Uh, we hosted um, our first ever uh, uh, vacation Bible school that had to happen like socially distanced. And so we did that for the kids. It was so good for the kids. We were able to restart in the fall youth group and, and children's stuff almost every single week. That was something that was really good that happened. We had multiple Zoom small groups and Zoom Bible studies uh, from March to May as we were trying to get into this thing. And those things were well attended and very powerful for the people who were involved. We hosted monthly in church, sorry, monthly in person worship gatherings from July to November. And, and, and a lot of you are wondering, like, when are we going to meet again? I kept being like, well, we're meeting. We're meeting. Please come. We're doing this. And it was so great to see so many faces. Uh, we had, including a, a beach worship, we had drive in church at the YMCA, we had church under the tent at the Y three different times, we had camp, church at Camp Kirkwood. That was so awesome. By the way, we had our first church camping trip. That was a blast. Looking forward to do that again. Hope you'll join us if you weren't able to make it the last time. Uh, what are some other things? We worked through eight sermon series together. In isolation COVID style, eight of them, including the entire book of Acts, the entire book of Colossians. We looked through most of Jesus' parables and a lot of other stuff that is just go check it out. It's really good. We brought back Taco Tuesday. Come on. What's better than tacos? Bringing the light into darkness. And we plan to keep those going in 2021. We got a Taco Tuesday planned for the first several months this year. Hope that you'll join us. Uh, What else? Oh, check this out. At various times, there were at least six house church watch parties happening throughout our city people who were hosting people at their house to watch. And a couple of those groups, when we've had the conversations about regathering, they said, you know, when we regather, would it be okay if we keep meeting in our living rooms? And to that I say, yes, we support that. I hope that these house churches might one day become church plants that we can see grow and and thrive. Uh, More kid stuff. We had 14 venture kids attend summer camp through Roanoke Christian Camp this year. And a lot of us in this room have been dramatically impacted by the powerful experience of a summer camp. We brought back Love Agent Week. We had another successful season of community drive. Back in October, we had 30 cars for our trunk or treat to help kids living in foster care. In November, we collected over 444 pounds of food to give to hungry kids through Nourish and See. Over Christmas, we blessed 56 kids with $30 gift cards for Christmas through our giving tree. I can't say it enough. You guys were generous this year. And I talked about some of the stuff that happened with our offerings and with our COVID-19 funds, but it's even better than that. There was a time this year when the YMCA was struggling with some finances and we were able to give them in excess of $6,000 to help them with some things. Uh, that was amazing because they've been so generous to us. We shared, like I mentioned, with Vigilant Hope, Rona Christian Camp, Restore Church, Canvas Church, Movement Church. We even hosted the first ever Virtual Compassion Sunday. Do you remember that back in May? Compassion International had never done a Virtual Compassion Sunday before. They used us, our tiny little selves, as a guinea pig to figure it out. And during that campaign, we had four new kids sponsored, releasing them from poverty in Jesus' name. (laughs) All of that for the glory of God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, amen. And that's just a sampling of the highlights as I got started on a list a few weeks ago. Maybe 2020 wasn't all that bad. Maybe it wasn't the dumpster fire that we want to give it credit for. Because no matter how dark it gets, the light is always brighter. Praise God for his light. Let's have a great 2021. Let's pray.